Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Earl Grey, Czech FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I'm your host, Amy Nelson, and joined with me today are Lee Hutchison and Richard Marquez. Hey guys, say hello to our listeners. Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. <laughs> well, it is our third episode, and you know, we haven't told you our Trek story. So we thought today we would let you know a little bit of how we came into Star Trek and to Trek FM and what we hope for the future. So uh, let's start with you, Richard. What was your first introduction to Star Trek, and when did you know you loved it? Well, my first uh, episode uh, that I've ever watched was Tin Man. Uh, I remember, um, like it was yesterday, uh, I was sitting there on the floor of my uh, parents' uh, living room, and this was back in the early 90s. I'm not exactly sure when, when exactly that was. But, um, yeah, it was it, it just, you know, it was the very first one I've ever seen uh, before. Uh, the whole I remember just sitting there and obviously <laughs> throwing whatever I had uh, during the commercials because I was like, no, what's going on next? What's going on? Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I think really from the get-go, I was a Star Trek fan uh, since then, since I was a little kid. Um, it's just, and it, it's been growing ever since. So yeah, uh, Tin Man was my first episode and why, and that's when it's, when I started loving Star Trek. Awesome. Well, Lee, what about you? Yeah. Um, Star Trek was always a few years behind America and I was maybe six or seven when I first fell in love with Star Trek. Next Generation would always be on BBC Two on Wednesday nights, I think. And I would come home and I can't remember the first episode I watched or anything like that. Um, but I remember just falling for Next Generation. I was just kind of head over heels. I spoke about like missing out on seeing Star Trek Generations in 1994 um, at the, the tender age of seven. And yeah, Next Generation was just a show I loved and I'll always remember it. Because you can tell my parents were not Star Trek fans or knew anything about it. I think it was maybe my like my seventh birthday, and I kind of came down, opened my presents, and I got on video Star Trek: The Final Frontier, and I was like, okay, brilliant, Star Trek, Star Trek. I didn't know it was going to be you know uh, a bit of an uneven movie as it were, and I got an action figure. So I was thinking, ooh. What could it be? Could it be a Picard? Could it be Data? Could it be one of these amazing action characters? Open it and it's Dr. Noonien Soong. So <laughs> this little seven-year-old boy has potentially the worst ever Star Trek movie on VHS and an old man in a brown outfit costume. Somehow I managed to continue to be a Star Trek fan. I always remember a few years after, or in and around that time, uh, we lived up in the countryside in the north of Scotland, and we were down for like a wee family break in Edinburgh. And I, I've still got it. Like there was a Star Trek museum in Edinburgh at the time, kind of the uniforms, some of the props and costumes. I remember just running through this place looking at the stuff, but I was just so excited to get to the gift shop to be able to pick toys and videos. And I remember the one I got was I got Picard and his um his like jacket with the the gray underneath and i got on video masks and eye of the beholder so you could say i was a bit cursed with my vhs picks as a kid for being a star trek fan somehow to this day i still like star trek despite the fact i was going against going against the green in terms of what i was able to watch definitely what about yourself amy well, um, I think I've mentioned this before on uh, Patrons Roundtable. Um, it came Star Trek: Next Generation uh, was where I started, and it came on Sunday nights. And 
my mom was watching it and she really enjoyed the next generation. And I was just walking past and she's like, Hey, come sit down and watch this show with me. And I was hooked. It was cause and effect and just hooked right then and there. My, uh, younger brother, who's actually eight years younger than me, he was really into Star Trek, uh, the original series. And he was in a Star Trek club and went to conventions and, and I was just like, what are you doing? What is this? And then I fell in love with next generation and sort of just enjoyed it completely since then. So, um, that was our introduction, but then when did it really turn into a fandom, this passion that you have that you are willing to podcast for Lee? Um, I think it's the fact that it's been a consistency in my life for 29, 30 next year. And, you know, pretty much most of my life, you know, as, as long as I've been kind of watching programs and TV, I've loved Star Trek. I, I've watched Star Trek and religious order almost from kind of 93 you know a tv show comes on the air i watch it that week i watch the movie it comes out it's been something that it's not like i've maybe come into star trek late where it's like what's this deep space nine i'm gonna binge watch all that i binge watched all these shows over seven years everything's in my brain i'm used to waiting weeks a week at a time to watch an episode waiting the three years for a new movie it's been something that i can talk about and you know, I know all about, like, I'm not arrogant when I say that, like, I have an opinion on most things on Star Trek, because it's, it's been there when, you know, I had only really one friend that, you know, one friend that was a Star Trek fan, kind of growing up and into my, um, into my kind of 20s, really, until I met some other Star Trek fans um, in the flesh, and, you know, I had all these opinions and views on Star Trek that were stored up, or I maybe shared them on trek bbs boards or things like that so i've always given an opinion or had an opinion on star trek because waiting a week at a time gives you that it's like take lost for example you binge watch that over a couple a month and you can talk about lost broadly but if you watched lost week to week you'd be going what you won't believe what happened in that episode an episode that would seem so minor and inconsequential you'd have an opinion on it would come to the monday morning and you'd be like wow can you believe what happened yesterday? What what do you think that means? So I've always had that kind of relationship with Star Trek where I've always wanted to talk about it. I can talk about it. And um, yeah, it's something I'll never stop talking about because I'm still passionate about it to this day. And taking part in this podcast will allow me more avenues to talk about it, be inventive with it and explore my history with Trek. Definitely. And what about you, Richard? Um, Probably when... Probably about, I don't know, three, maybe four years. No, no, probably longer than that. Five or six years ago, uh, my Phantom really didn't start taking it off to the point where it's at now. Uh, well, mainly because uh, I, for some reason, I just drew back to it. Uh, I Probably because of Star Trek 09 is probably, is probably when, exa- is when it happened around. And, uh, it, you know, it maybe uh, go back and... Uh, Re- revisit basically every every single episode that I've ever watched. I mean, I've I mean up to that point, I already watched them, but I can't even remember the last time before '09 that uh, when I started uh, when I uh, rewatched uh, all the episodes like I, like I'm doing now over and over again. <laughs> but um, it, it's I mean just like Lee, I had no one to talk to uh, about it and from the first time I, I watched Tin Man to '09 and. Really, I didn't talk to anyone about it because, you know, yeah, people, you know, make fun of Trekkies and that's fine and, and whatnot. But I mean, like, it's, you know, you, you just don't want to go into it because, you, you know, always there's always that fear being made fun of, um, or at least on my end it was. But then when 09 came out, I was like, oh, shh, nerd flag, whoosh, throw it out like it's a like <laughs> like it's a, a penalty flag. And it's like, nope, nope, this is it. We're, oh, we're going all in. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I just, just like what, uh, what Lee was saying that, um, I had a die cast, uh, enterprise that separated the, the, the one, the one, I can't remember who made it. I still have it somewhere in one of these boxes. I can't, I still can't find it to this day, but like, um, you know, I was in England as well. And it was, it was on BBC, uh, as well um, when I was, when my dad was stationed over there in England and, uh, it was, yeah, like, like you said, like you said, Lee, it was 
Wednesdays <laughs> on BBC. You wait for that next episode, and it yeah, it's just it, nerve wracking at sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, and then of course you know we're, we're up to now, and um, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I, it is. It's a very exciting time right now. I uh, started actually, it was around 2000, and I had just finished up uh, university and was starting teaching. And as a new teacher, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to decorate your room? Because part of that is, you know, to get the good learning environment. And my brother, he knew that I'd like next generation and stuff. But, you know, I was just watching it on TV. And, you know, we sort of talked about Voyager. He really likes Voyager. And so, you know, I would just, you know, watch it on TV. But it wasn't really a passion of mine. And then when I got my classroom... My brother gave me a whole bunch of posters and all of his little knickknacks and and characters and action figures and stuff. And so I had a corner in my room and I had Enterprise D hanging from the ceiling. And it was just a really good conversation point that that's where, okay, this is what I'm going to like. And, you know, yeah, geek flag raising you know, loud. And it's been in my classroom for the past 16 years. Every, I have a corner always dedicated and it's getting larger. And especially when, you know, have open house or parents night and they'd come into my room. Oh, you like Star Trek? Yeah. And so, you know, I'd always, that was a good opening to get on good grounds with those parents. And every year I have had a kid come in, Hey, my dad saw that you like Star Trek and wanted to give you this. And so my collection has just started growing as with my passion for it, because I've always been able for the past 16 years to talk about it, you know, with other people and, you know, other teachers or what have you, that that's, you know, what I love. And it really came in when uh, Next Generation came out on DVD in 2004, I think it was. And that was, I was watching those, just consuming them. And I would have to wait. And that end of Best of Both Worlds, I had to wait for like a couple weeks till the next season came out. It's like, oh, you know, even though I knew what had happened. But yeah, it was suspense and I was staying up way past my bedtime, just, oh, one more episode, one more episode. And so that was my binge watch was when those DVDs came out. And I would just continually watch them. And, you know, this is before Netflix or anything. So that's really 2004, just watching and consuming all the episodes on DVD was really where my passion really came through i remembered when the dvds came out as well like i had quite a bit of the videos um and i was like right i need to get these dvds i want the special features i want them on the discs and i remembered one night um me and my friends were in this aberdeen casino and i started making a bet with myself while betting that every time i got the money from like winning hands at um blackjack that if it was enough to get a star trek box set that was going to be it, that I would just put that away. I wouldn't gamble that anymore. So I think it was like about, you know, 30, 35 pounds a box set. There we go. I've won a hand, 35 pounds, right? That's in the pocket. That's me bought season one. A few more rounds, <laughs> that's season two. I think I managed to get like four seasons or something out of that night. So the next day I went back and uh, p- picked up a few of the DVD box sets. And um, I remembered like uh, kind of a few months later, I, I went off to uni and I had this, this tiniest little flat, this little room. I had brought my little a TV and I brought some Star Trek VHS box sets. I remember that first night, you know, away from home and somewhere totally alien and just putting on one of those Star Trek DVDs. So, they, they, you know, as much as all the other things, the TV and the videos have been a cornerstone of my existence, the DVDs continue to play a key role as well for myself. Yeah, you, you mentioned that uh, <laughs> buying all the DVDs. I actually remember uh, going back going back to like 2002, uh, in October 2002, I broke my ankle in a parachute jump. And um, I, I was in Italy uh, on bed rest, basically, for, the, uh, for about... I don't know, three or four months or something like that. And all I remember is going to the power zone on the base and, or uh, it's the, it's the local uh, electronic store. 
and ba- um, you know trying to find all these Star Trek series, and of course they come out like one at a time. It's like you know, you know, I'm sitting here, I can blow blow through the whole entire uh, season in one night or maybe two. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, it, it's it, yeah, it was just, I mean, I mean, they're sixty bucks a piece, so uh, yeah, for for us, it's sixty bucks. Uh, or at least back in 2002 it was. Um, and, I, and I actually still have those DVDs sitting in my, um, in my entertainment center uh, that I still even um, watch to this day because I am not going to open up my Deep Space Nine when I already have the DVD versions and get those Blu-rays and, well, not the Deep Space Nine, but the TNG ones. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, you know, keep them at school as part of my collection. But then when I went home, my mother was like, hey, you know, because she was the one who introduced me. She said, bring bring me those Next Generation DVDs. And she just recently did a rewatch. And it was so fun, you know, talking to her about it. And so she still has a a love for Next Generation, too. Also, at that time, um, in my local library, they had... um, an entire section of Star Trek books. And that's also when I consumed a lot of uh, the fiction there uh, and reading all the books. And it was so great that the library had them all there. It was just a whole section of Star Trek. And I would just go and I started just reading book after book after book. They were so good. And and then uh, when the library had the books on sale, you know, I bought them for a quarter each and started making my own collection of books. Did you guys get into the books at all? I read one where it was like the Enterprise was like looked like it was going to crash into the planet, but I've never really been interested in the literary universe of Star Trek, the expanded seasons and season eights and what happened between movies. Um, I really don't find that type of books personally appealing because I'm more of a non-fiction fan. Ask me about Star Trek non-fiction books, totally on board with that you had the next generation companion um i had some behind the scenes books on the next generation things like that i totally lapped up but in terms of um kind of the the stories of it i had picked up one or two over the years when i was a kid but it was something that was just it just wasn't for me personally I ended up liking a, a few of the authors, but I liked it because the books were just like a little episode. They were very episodic in nature and just, oh, here's a little episode, you know, and it, most of what I read was, you know, set within the seven series, you know. So what about you, Richard? Any uh, reading books? Um, Yeah, uh, for the most part, uh, I, 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 well, it, it's recently... I've been reading the recent books, uh, not really the older books. Uh, one of the my favorite was the Time for Unpacked uh, that came out in 2010, 2012, as well as The Fall. Um, actually, funny enough, my favorite book out of out of out of all the um, out of the books that that have come out since then, and those that I've read is The Poison Chalice. And I absolutely, I mean, just like what you said um, in. When you're reading these uh, these books, I mean, even Peaceable Kings is, is is the next one after that, and it just felt like an entire episode. And you know, I'm not a fast reader, but when I'm reading these books, I get through them in about an hour or two. And it's like, you know, and my my uh, my fiance gets through books like in an hour or two as well, like a 500 page book, and she's done. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then I'm reading, I'm re- trying to read the same book, and it takes me five days. Whereas a Star Trek book, it takes me about an hour or two, and where, where for her, it, it takes five days. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm, I'm getting into it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, um, Richard, when did you find Trek FM? Um. Well, I found the network about. Oh, let's see. It's November right now, or no? It's December right now. Um, I th- yeah, I just had my two-year anniversary as the production ma- uh, manager, and I believe it was April two two yeah about two and a half years ago, uh, two years ago uh, that I found that uh, for some reason I, I I get introduced into podcasts by a friend of mine, and I was like, you know what? Let's find Star Trek stuff on podcasts. You know, let's see what's out there. I, I doubt it is going to be anything on there. And then, lo and behold, I find to the journey, and um, it's it was actually uh, it was my first taste to Trek FM, and from about April until November, I was a listener, 
and then uh, Chris got the new job um, as the editor in chief, uh, and he needed someone to be- basically pick up the slack. And I uh, applied, and there we go. The rest is history. <laughs> Yay! And then now we're here. So you came in with to the journey, huh? I did. I did. I. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll forgive you. <laughs> Lee, how did you find Trek FM? Uh, yeah, a few years ago, my, I came in a different way. As 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 I say, I love love Star Trek. You know, it's it's one of my top loves. But for me, I'm I'm a, I'm a cinema lover first for, first and foremost when it comes to film. Um, and I was a listener, uh, a disciple of my, uh, Mike Schindler. I listened to commentary Track Stars, um, his movie podcast. Um, and then I kind of stumbled onto Trek FM through that connection and listening to to his shows because while I'm incredibly passionate about Star Trek, I could relate very much to say commentary Trek stars because as a kid and a teenager and an, as an adult, if someone involved in the making of Star Trek or in, in any capacity made another movie or a TV show or a book or whatever, I would check that out. You know, I, I followed Ronald D. Moore. I've, I've met him a few times. It, conferences here in edinburgh and um yeah like i i'm as much as i love you know talking about star trek i I was one of the shows that i loved people that like star trek not talking about star trek and talking about movies because that's what i like you know i I know that may sound like a contradiction here i am on a a show talking about the next generation i can talk about the next generation but you can get me talking about films and i'm just as passionate about that and the idea that there was Trek fans that shared an interest in kind of the more obtuse and less known TV shows and movies that um, the guys liked, whether it was something like Carnival, um, you know, and, and other things that they talk about on kind of Stage 9, for example, um, you, you know, it's it's one of my favourite podcasts in general, not just like a kind of favourite Trek FM show. So kind of where they go, I, I tend to tend to follow um, even tomorrow, um, with podcasting here it's like kind of nine o'clock at night in the uk um they asked if oh do you want to, like zero dark 30 is one of my favorite movies and they went oh do you want to come on and talk about it no it's tomorrow never dies we're talking about tomorrow do you want to come on and talk about tomorrow never dies yeah sure what time oh, it's gonna be 2 a.m do you want to do it yeah because i love hearing those guys and like i consider you know i consider them friends we podcast on another network together we interact and um so yeah, that's where I kind of came from. Through it wasn't necessarily Star Trek that brought me to Trek FM. It was anything but Star Trek in a way. So yeah. <laughs> what about yourself? Well, Amy? I yeah, I found the network actually. Uh, I had an iPhone, and then I had a update for the OS, and so I updated it. And then there was this little purple icon. What's this thing called? Podcasts. So that had to have been, what, two years ago? And I thought, hmm, what do I like? And it was either Utah football or Star Trek. And so I searched Star Trek Next Generation, and there Earl Grey popped up. And, oh, just devoured those episodes and listened to all their back catalog and was like, oh, they keep mentioning this Trek FM. And so I searched Trek FM and uh, found the 602 Club with Matthew Rushing. And he was just, well, he is, he's such a nice, amazing person and was so welcoming. And I would, then I was like, oh, what's this Babel conference? And so I started making more comments and, and it just seemed like everyone welcomed me. And I'm like, oh, there's people out there that like Star Trek as much as I do. And really felt just so welcomed within Trek FM. I didn't even, you know, it's funny because I hear other people, well, on other Facebook group pages, I'm like, there's other Facebook group pages? No, that we only have the Babel Conference because that's all that I need. And so... Yeah, it was Earl Grey, 602 Club, and then I just started listening to everything. Um, uh, yeah, the commentary Trek stars, track stars, and then now the uh, Stage 9, listen to those. And now it, there's just so many to listen to. It's amazing. I really enjoy Melodic Treks. I listened to it um, before when it was Colin, and now Brandon does it. And I just... Uh, the Ready Room, 
I love it when Larry Nemechek comes on with Chris Jones. They're amazing together and plugging all of our shows. But I, I really have listened to them all. And, and Earl Grey was so passionate about To The Journey. And so I was like, well, I don't really know that much. So, but I'll just listen every once in a while. And they are just fabulous. Love To The Journey and excited to have them come back on with the new hosts. And uh, The Orb, again, I haven't watched that much Deep Space Nine, but, you know, when they did their Wharf episode, I listened. And, and I just love listening to Matthew and Chris's voice. The, they're so smooth and they're so good. So I really, um, when I found Trek FM, just really came into it. And uh, then I started... Uh, becoming a patron and, you know, donating. And, and then they started their patrons round table. And so I was like, well, I'll try it out. I mean, I don't do any of this thing, but they said, oh, you can just do it on your iPad. And I was like, well, okay, I'll try it. And again, everyone was just so welcoming, Aaron, Harvey, and everyone was just so nice that I really feel that it's a good community to be into. Uh, explore and and it continues your fandom in a very nice way what other shows do you listen to currently now richard well uh the 602 club is actually uh the one i've been listening to quite a bit it's uh i mean talking about just straight up star trek you know it kind of gets um you know i don't want to say stale that's not the correct word but um let's just go with stale uh, or monotonous. Monotonous. There you go. Monotonous. Perfect. <laughs> but like, it's it's just you know I I don't I don't want to always talk about Star Trek because I mean I have friend I have a lot of friends that um, you know I post on Facebook and um, they see oh you're just a fan of Star Trek I'm like uh, no <laughs> I'm also you know a fan of MCU D, uh, DC you know and Dune and all the all these other kinds it's just not Star Trek it's just not as interesting, but anyway, <laughs> but like, yeah, um, I actually, uh, have been a, a fan of the 602 club, uh, for quite a while, actually since it's be- since it's, uh, beginning, actually when the show started, I was the production manager and it was actually my first show that I, uh, wow. that I pushed out the door, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, and I absolutely love the 602 cause it's everything, um, other than Star Trek as well. So on top of Star Trek. Yeah, that's it is. It, that's a good point and then that's why I listen to it. It gives you a break and it's yeah, it's a really good show. Very. <laughs> I like uh Metatrex too. I'm glad that uh Zach and Mike came on for that. That's a good a podcast too. That is a good show. I absolutely love the their last well, not the last show, but I mean the last one I listened to was the religious uh uh uh, I think it. I think the uh, they did a uh, an author review or of a book, and they were talking about um, uh, how Star Trek fits into uh, Christianity or spirit, uh, spirituality or something like that. Uh, and oh my God, that was. I mean, that was one of the very few that I go all the way through and understand everything what's going on, <laughs> especially Metatrex. I mean, it's like just. I, I mean, Ken has said um, in in the the Babel conference that uh, <laughs> he's never learned so many vocabulary words and me too. I'm in the same boat. I'm like, I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Stage nine. I like, I listen to each and every week. Um, because like, they're like my soulmates. Like I listen to them and it's like, yeah, I know them. Yeah. And they know me in terms of like how they talk and how they interact and everything like that. And it's, it's totally on board with how I think about movies and so on like that. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, it's definitely my favorite for me um i dip in in dip in here and there depending on the episode um because like i i, I listen to a lot of podcasts and you know filling my kind of whole weekly schedule and commutes with kind of star trek ones would just burn me out that by the time we get to sunday to talking about star trek there'd be too much in my head i i'm i've loved it and i've i think it's been incredible what mike's done there from there to here has been been brilliant for a daily dose and i'm gonna miss that when it ends at the end of the month but you know like outside of star trek i've got so many passions interests and kind of niche things that i'm into that uh, star trek's only really kind of one of them so while i'm you know a regular listener of trek fm in general i'll you know listen to a couple of shows from a couple of the, the shows uh 
other shows a week um i always like to just keep up my interests and in other things as well so when i come to talk about the next generation it's not necessarily through the prism of all i think about and do is watch star trek and think about star trek and listen to star trek and then come and talk about it i think having listening to other things as well brings a different perspective and i i learn learn from that about kind of the larger world that um so many things for example like um you know, I'm a huge football fan, real football, none of this American football nonsense. So, oh, no, um, come on now. I, <laughs> I listen to uh, football podcasts and I, I guest on one here and there every so often. Huge politics fan, you know, listen to a lot of politics podcasts, a lot of geek culture podcasts that kind of touch upon different things whether it's film, indie cinema, frame rates, all these different things. Um, you know, I, I like to keep it kind of kind of diverse what i'm listening to and while track of m offers diverse listening of of star trek and things like that um for my own kind of being fresh to come into a perspective on star trek um religiously follow melodic treks and um because i love the star trek music and stage nine because it's like they watch the films that i love to watch and love hearing people talk about so um that keeps me fresh for for a sunday when we record tng excellent all right. Well, uh, I just have one last question. Um, now that we know uh, each other's past and history on Star Trek, what do you hope for the future of Star Trek, Richard? Oh, what a what a great question. <laughs> uh, I'm very optimistic uh, uh, for the future of Star Trek. Uh, it, it's uh, you know, I hear all this, all this bad, uh, bad news. You know, recently Brian Fuller leaving, and you know, saying you know, they're not, he's not ever going to come back or whatnot. But I mean, it's just what a what a way to, you know, say you know to the rest of the writers that are still on. Oh yeah, you're not going to do great Star Trek. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, no, it, I, I'm very optimistic about the new Star Trek movies. I, I, uh, you know, back. In 09, when I watched the first, uh, um, well, not first, well, yeah, the first of the Kelvin universe, um, I was not really um, optimistic, or no, I was optimistic before I watched the film. After the film, I hate it. Absolutely mm. hate it. I mean, you talk to me about it, I would rant and rant and rant <laughs> and on how terrible it was because... Um, at that time, I was a purist uh, when it came to Star Trek. Uh, you know, it, it, if it was outside of Kirk, Picard, Sisko, Vo Janeway, um, it didn't matter. Uh, it was wrong. And um, and then when 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 I found you know Trek FM, uh, Norman actually set me straight. <laughs> uh, we had a long discussion about uh, o, uh, you know O nine as well as Into Darkness. Actually, I think Into Darkness just came out when I started listening to Trek FM, and yeah, I mean listening to him and talking to him about uh, the new Star Trek, and you know we're trying to get fans in. We're trying to, or at least the franchise is trying to get new fans in. And then, you know, eventually they're going to talk and maybe even watch the old um, episodes in the past and become even bigger fans. Because, you know, um, once I once I adopted that thinking, um, you know, I, I actually, for some reason, I started loving 09, <laughs> uh, Star Trek 09, as well as Into Darkness. And, you know, and I absolutely love Beyond. <laughs> but, like, yeah, yes. it, it's... I, you know, I've ran into so many fans, you know, younger, uh, younger kids, uh, well, not, yeah, younger kids, probably in their, um, probably just about tw uh, early 20s. And it's amazing that, you know, it's like, every time I talked about Star Trek, it was older people, always, someone 10, 15, 20, 30, a billion years, I don't know. Uh, when I was younger, it was a billion years. <laughs> but like you know i always I, I always talk to people that were older and it's like oh okay that's great you know and then when we talked when i talk to someone that's younger it's like wow you're a star trek fan really <laughs> do you do you know what's you, do you know what's involved <laughs> and you know it's even more amazing for those fans who who are just getting into it it's so exciting i mean i i was i i mean the last guy i talked to i had my um I had a Star Trek uh, hoodie on, and he was like, oh, he stopped me in the middle of Petsmire, I think it was, and uh, he, we started talking to Star Trek and and uh, just, you know, 
he never heard of uh, the TOS or TNG or or even Voyager or Enterprise. And it's like, holy cow, dude, I'm excited for you. You're going to go all – if you love 09 and you, and you want to know more, I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm really excited for you. So, yeah, I'm very optimistic, and I can't wait for the new series. <laughs> Yeah, that's, you know, because I've had my uh, Star Trek corner in my classroom and there's, you know, my kids know I love it and they sort of dismiss it. Oh, my dad watches it, blah, blah, blah. But I have had a couple kids uh, come up and say, Miss Nelson, I've started watching Star Trek and some of them watch start all the way at the original series and so they come and talk to me and then they're sending me emails of little memes and clips and stuff you know Um, and then some of them start with next generation because that's my favorite and that's the one I talk about but those that are actually watching the episodes and more frequently now because of the movies like you said they're more interested in it you know and when the beyond came out you know the starting of the school year the kids you know they just loved it. And they said, oh, yeah, it was good. And they were telling me, well, they like this one or they liked 09 or they liked Into Darkness. Actually, it was funny because a lot of the my students like Into Darkness and over Beyond. And I thought, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun to, you know, see it through their eyes for the first time. That's really fun. Yeah. Like... Um... Yeah, for me, like uh, I'm gonna pick up on the into darkness point because it kind of ties in for me. Um, when I when I've I've seen Star Trek Into Darkness with with friends that were never Star Trek fans, and I, I went to the, the the IMAX Triple Bill when Star Trek Beyond came out. And Star Trek Into Darkness is is my non trekkie friends favorite of the three. Um, because and I, I you know for all its flaws and I, I've I've discussed it on a on a my own podcast before. Um, it's there's a lot to enjoy and a lot to get out of this movie. I think it's a bit unfairly savaged and people let some mine some rather large issues that are kind of minor in the grand scheme of the film let it kind of mm. kind of go all over. I mean that's that's a debate for another day. I don't really want to to, to obviously go into that cuz people have we've all been bored to death probably by now of the the into darkness debate and stuff. That's that's not for tonight. Um but for me, like I think of when I was like a kind of a child, and I had only the one friend really that was into Star Trek, and that was like our our whole thing was we'd run around the playground as little primary school kids playing Star Trek. We we'd pretend that um, we were on the Enterprise D. That was our favorite show together. We'd run around playing it. All the other kids were playing football, and we were kind of nerds. No one really hung out with us. You know, we're, we're kind of the, the cliche nerds. And then as kind of a teenager, I kind of drifted a bit from Star Trek. And, you know, I pretended one time when I went to see Star Trek Nemesis that I was actually off to see Elf instead because that sounded cooler than seeing Star Trek Nemesis. And um, maybe it still is. And um, But more so when I think of kind of the recent kind of past few years that the, the current movies have had their detractors. But people that aren't necessarily Star Trek fans, for better or worse, really like those movies and go to see them that the idea that star trek should cater just to fans like myself you know people like amy all these people that have you know been there they're going to turn up anyway that's you can't survive off that alone and i think the testament is that when i go see a new star trek movie is i can text my friends and go guys i'm going to get tickets for the midnight screening of star trek beyond you want to come sure sure i mean they, they'll never seen the whale movie. They'll never watched an episode of the TV show. But you know what? They'll turn up. They'll go to those movies. And that's incredible. As someone that never would have convinced anyone to watch a Star Trek show, that's it. You know, we can, we're can. we all going to turn up anyway. We, we'll still agree, disagree, bicker, and have insight or constructive criticism on all these movies, Star Trek Discovery, what's going on behind the scenes. And that's fine. But you need other people that are coming in, the flesh, blood, the fresh blood and there's so many people that you see online that star trek 09 was either a rebirth for their fandom like wow this is awesome i I forgot how great star trek was or people that have gone star trek's not as nerdy and rubbish as i thought you know i thought it was all kind of styrofoam sets and wonky costumes and foreheads it's it's a massive injection into fandom and that's been reflected in the box office people saying star trek beyond was a box office disaster by what stretch of the imagination? What, compared to Captain America 16? 
no, it was a success. You know, granted it could have done better, but it was one of those summers. And being a fan of film and not just Star Trek, I can kind of take a step back and put it in that kind of context. And I think Star Trek will continue to do that. And I'm very excited about where that's going to go, what that's going to do. I'm excited to be able to play a, a key role and be able to talk about it with people and have that ability because, you know, just because I'm here on a podcast and you're... I'm downloaded on your phone doesn't mean my opinion is any less or more important than than the listeners. I think the feedback in in some of the sections are just as um is just as critical as ours. Yeah, we just have a platform to say it, and and you know for better or worse, the comment section is people's platform. So I think as long as people are still fascinated, interested, loving it, then it can only be better because. I look back to 2002, Enterprise was in the doldrums, Star Trek was cancelled for the first time in my lifetime as someone that was born in 1987, that was born into the the next generation, born into movies, to have that cancelled was crazy. Now look at it, you know, people always said the past few years, I would pay 10 bucks to have Star Trek come back, you know, dreams can come true, like new Star Trek's coming, I'm as excited about this casting as ever, I'm excited to podcast about it, I'm excited to go to see Star Trek films with friends, that's going to be the continued next 25 years, 50 years, it's going to keep keep going and it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes and the generations of fans that come in, you know, the, the Blu-rays, Deep Space Nine being the show that was kind of overlooked when it was on the air by some, is now considered the best Star Trek it's amazing. I can't wait to see what the next few years bring. Yeah, I too am very excited for the future of Star Trek. I You look back, yeah, these 50 years and just so excited for these new movies, the Kelvin timeline that brings in the new fans and... You know, in the rewatch, so many people have done their rewatches and, you know, gone through series. And I uh, did mine for Enterprise. And just every single episode, I was like, how come I didn't like this at the beginning? You know, I watched a few here and there, but just, yeah, going through and finding what you love in Trek. And one of the things that for me speaks to me and that I'm looking forward to with the continued movies, because I think the movies did a really good job as well as telling good stories with morals and a hope for a better future. Um, and also like, you know, giving the social commentary on humanity and what we can do to improve. I love, love those episodes of Star Trek when they do that and makes you self-reflect on, you know, how can we be better individuals, better as a society. And I see that a lot in these uh, new movies and I have a great hope for that for these, uh, the upcoming series next year for Discovery. And I just, I love that about Star Trek because that's, you know, it's, it's also a great show just to sit and watch and enjoy the battles and, you know, but the dialogue and the commentary, but, and the character development is all what makes Star Trek for me. And so I'm really looking forward for that in the future. Do you incorporate Star Trek into your lesson plans? Oh, yes. There are many times when we do. We actually, (laughs) Friday, um, we were talking about exponential growth and decay, and we were talking about how population, you know, grows exponentially, and will there ever be a maximum? And so we were talking about that. And some of my kids, they're so funny. They're like, no, there's no maximum. I said, well, you know, we have limited resources here on earth. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to go out into outer space. (laughs) So they're pretty funny that way. But yeah, I do. um, There have been specific lessons that I use um, to teach math. Nice. I love that. I I would love that class. (laughs) Yeah, like it's not so much like none of my students are into Star Trek at all. Um, But I kind of, you know, kind of wriggle it in here and there with like a little moral lesson or a kind of parable kind of through a Star Trek prism. So I'm not able to be so kind of on the point with it. This Star Trek story would really help you in this situation that you're bringing to me right now. I have to be a bit more creative about how I approach it as opposed to, well let me tell you this story about this android um, but yeah it, it certainly informs how i i do it um and then in terms of like the counseling uh 
I certainly take on points, not necessarily of how Deanna Troy represents counselling, but in terms of kind of how someone like Picard deals with people and giving people kind of opportunities to talk and to be heard and to be listened and to have those worries acted upon and um it's not necessarily the counselor character that informs that part of my uh you know kind of you know day-to-day life yeah i mean and it, it's i'm grateful that star trek is such a large franchise because even though you know the majority of my kids haven't seen it they know enough about the characters that it's ingrained into our society. You know, everyone knows Kirk and Spock, and then they know most of the next generation just because I talk about them in the beginning of the year and stuff. But, yeah, there's been um, more likely just, you know, the idea of Star Trek. Um, there have been a couple episodes um when they when they're in the holodeck and they say end program and then it goes to the grid system and i usually show a clip during that when i'm teaching the cartesian coordinate plane you know stuff like that so do you incorporate star trek into your day-to-day life or have you ever incorporated it in a situation where you were under a lot of you know stress or trouble in kind of the the far east or anything like that uh, richard um, you know, th- that's interesting you say that because, uh, um, I, well, I was actually thinking about, uh, Amy on her classroom because, like, the most I can do, uh, the most Star Trek I, um, I do is, like, you know, I can't talk about it in my profession, but, um, because all we do is work, work, work. Uh, <laughs> but, like, uh, I-, I talk to my daughter a lot and, uh, when it comes to, like, lessons and, uh, and whatnot. And, of course, I, I always get an eye roll. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but like um when you talk about episodes i mean like if we're talking about like feel good episodes or at least uplifting uh one of my i know it's going to be um probably uh probably not a uh, an episode that everyone will probably think of when, to uplift them but in the pale moon night is is an episode that i always go to um when um things are not going right uh for some reason i don't know why <laughs> why that episode is my favorite when it comes to those kind of situations but like um yeah i mean i i watched that and uh, you know when when i was in the, even even when i was in iraq cuz i actually i deployed in 2003 uh april of 2003 no yeah april of 2003 and um, I actually brought my uh, DVDs of, of Star Trek, like two, two or three seasons or something like that. And when we actually got into garrison over there in um, Iraq and we had downtime, um, I would pull out my, um, my portable DVD player and actually watch those episodes. So, uh, or at least the seasons, I think it was five, six, and seven of Deep Space Nine were the ones I really watched because uh, TNG wasn't out at that time. Um, or at least if they were, I didn't. Uh, they weren't sold at whatever store um, I went to. But um, yeah, those. Yeah, definitely the. Um, yeah, Pale Moonlight. <laughs> Not a great episode, but it's it's a good overall. <laughs> it's the best episode of Star Trek, <laughs> potentially. Potentially, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it has been so good hearing your and sharing our Trek story. But that isn't the only topic we've been talking about here on the network. Here's a quick look at what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Melodic Treks. Now, both of those tracks make me think of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I definitely think you, you're, you're kind of right there. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that I have only ever seen the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Dear Lord. Warp 5. What's your favorite episode of Enterprise? Um, I usually say Strange New World. The first oh. part of Strange New World uh, just reminds me so much of being a kid and growing up in southeastern Oklahoma in the mountains and the woods. And I just imagine what it would be like to go camping on an alien planet. Meta Trex. And that's that's the world of language that we live in. It's not this this purely referential sense of language. Like when Riker says a minuet, he doesn't just mean, oh, yeah, that thing minuet that I can point to, whatever that is on the holodeck, right? A 17th century French dance. Maybe maybe he wants to dance. <laughs> Riker wants to bust And that's move. what else is happening on Trek.fm. You can listen to every show on the network at Trek.fm with links for iTunes, streaming services, and a direct download link. 
This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you brought to you by audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPod, iPad, Kindle, Android, Windows phones, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com/trekfm. Thank you Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. If you are a weekly listener and would like to directly help Earl Grey, please consider becoming a patron of Trek FM. That's how I got started. At patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose a pledge level and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. You will be inside the observation lounge of our network, able to participate in our monthly patron roundtable podcasts and supporting the production of all our great content. We would like to take this moment to thank our current Patreon associate producers, Stephen Boyd, Michael Hutner, and Ron Sarna. Thank you for supporting Earl Grey. Connect with other Trek FM listeners on our Facebook discussion group called The Babel Conference, found through the Facebook search field or like the facebook.com slash trekfm page for show updates and announcements. The network is also on Twitter at trekfm. If you would like to contact Lee, Richard, or me, Amy, visit trek.fm slash contact to send us a subspace message or find us on social media. So, Richard, where can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, they can find me on the Babel Conference. Uh, I pop in here and there. I'll cause a little trouble here and there, <laughs> or at least try not to. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at xransom. And Lee, where can people contact you? Yeah, you can find me at Lee underscore Nostromo. You can find me at Star Trek VHS, my dedicated Twitter account to all that forgotten Star Trek VHS artwork collection that I've uh, curated over the years. And um, yeah, you can find me on my own podcast, Filibuster, where I talk about nerd and geek culture, sometimes talk about Star Trek a bit more broadly in terms of the, the movies and all kind of, you know, indie movies you know everything in between so yeah you can find me there all right and you can find me at twitter at miss amy nelson uh, but you can mostly find me on the mabel babel conference that's where i like uh hanging out so join us next time for another cup of earl gray great joy and gratitude it is a good day to die let's see what's out there <laughs> <laughs>